He's a great God. He's a powerful God. Amen. I love him today. I want to show him how much I love him. Let's worship him. Let's raise our hands and just say, God, we give everything to you. We give everything to you, Lord Jesus. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Look at someone beside you and say, I'm glad to see you here today. I'm blessed. I'm a better person today because you're sitting beside me today. All throughout this service today, you need to prepare your hearts. You need to prepare your hearts for what's coming, for what's coming. There's going to be a time at the end of this message where there's going to be a, a time to be able to give your heart to the Lord in a new, in a greater way. He's wanting to do something special for somebody here today. Can we give God praise? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to give God praise right now and thanks for what he's about to do. Let's do it. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Someone's about to be delivered in the name of Jesus. Sickness is about to be healed in the name of Jesus. A spirit of pride is about to be broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Children are dismissed at this time. We love our kids. If it's your first time here to Covenant Church, we would love to meet you right over here in this little side room. We call it a VIP room. You are very important. And God thinks that you're more important than we could ever make you feel. But if you would like to meet us directly after service, we would love to meet you after service. Uh, look in front of you if you're new here. Uh, on many of the places in front of you, there's a QR code. You can scan that and you can kind of check in and, and fill out a welcome card. Uh, if you didn't get to fill one out and you'd like for us to reach out to you, there's some out in the foyer. We do our best to reach out to everyone with gift bags and cards and different things. And I promise you, every time we try to get everybody, we miss two or three. So I'm going to just tell you this. We teach our church to show yourself to be friendly. And it will be pressed down, given to you immeasurably over and over and over. But I will say it to the visitor and to the guest as well. Show yourselves to be friendly as well. And I promise you, you're going to get it right back. If we missed you on giving you something, we are very sorry. But we love you, and we are glad you're here today. Tonight is a ladies' prayer meeting at 6 o'clock. We normally have prayer for everyone, men, women, in the sanctuary at 6 o'clock. It's powerful. It's been, we've been having it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And why do we do it? Because prayer works. This is not come to, to prayer meeting on a 6 o'clock on a Sunday, and we just patty cake and say, well, thank you, Lord. Just, just bless us, Lord. Just, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. No, we, we pray sincerely pray tonight it's going to be just the ladies in the sanctuary and the men we are getting together uh, we're going to just go ahead and say we're doing it at the at the life center there'll be a men's get together over there and i know they've got uh i think the main thing they've got over there is like several sets of cornhole boards and so i'm sure the competitiveness will come out so men we do need we do need to fellowship with each other it is good that we do that because you know guys you know how we are we will just settle off in our own corner we'll be a recluse we won't visit we won't talk we'll come to church we'll go home we'll go back to work we'll do the same routine and we don't build friendships with other men we don't build accountability with other men I'm speaking from experience we just man up and just tough our way through life but I'll tell you what if you will come tonight get out of your lazy boy recliner you know that thing's named that for, for a reason lazy boy don't be a lazy boy 
Get out of that recliner, which I have to do the same thing. You need to do what I do. We, we tend to buy furniture that's not real comfortable because <laughs> we try to save money. And then later on, we're like, man, alive, why didn't we buy the Lazy Boy? So it's easy for, for me to get out of my recliner. I'll get out of it, and I'll be like, my goodness, why don't I get another chair? And then I won't buy one. Got the money to buy one, won't do it. So I just kick myself. But listen, show up tonight. It's important that you fellowship and be a part of a men's group. Men, you need to be here. So show up. Let your competitive side come out a little bit, not all the way. We're going to keep it real. We'll keep it real fun. I want to thank this praise team. That, that new song that they sang today, uh, it was brand new. They heard it for the first time this past week. And God has given them so much talent. He has blessed them in a mighty, mighty way. And they put that song together in one practice. And I'm going to tell you what, that's all glory to God because I don't know how you take a brand new song like that and put it together in about an hour and 15 minutes. But they did. And I'm telling you what, God is doing a miraculous work in so many people's lives. Yes, he's blessing people with talent and musical ability, but he's bringing out some new talents some new talents, some new ministries. I'm excited for so many people that are getting involved. Almost everyone in our church is involved in doing something. We don't have four, five, six people carrying the load of the entire church ministry and everything that we like to do to reach out to our youth, to our kids, to our homeless, to our prisons, to our widows, to just so many ministries that we reach out to our community, just giving and giving and giving. Every one of you, just go ahead and clap for yourself right now. You're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. And keep it up. We're very, we're very excited for what God is doing in this church. We are called to be His hands and feet. And I am happy to say I feel like we are doing that as a church. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Let us pray, if you will, bow your heads with me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would use me, Lord, as a, a willing vessel, as a mouthpiece for you, Lord. I will be your hands and feet. Lord, use me, Lord. It's all glory to God. Everything that comes out of my mouth, Lord, comes from you. And, Lord, you use me, and you reach those today that need to be reached. Open up my heart. Open up my spirit. Lord, I will receive your word just as well as they will. And, Lord, help us to use it for, to further your kingdom and to become stronger and more mighty and powerful for you just so we can fight against the devil and the enemy and all of his demons that are trying to pull us down, this community down, and everyone around us. We will fight in the name of Jesus. We will not back down. We will pull out our sword. We will pull out our shield. And we will defeat the enemy in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. If you've got your Bibles, I would just ask you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'm going to read a, a pretty good bit. I'm going to read 24 verses, but I like to read pretty quick, and I'm going to get through this. This is going to be just a beginning text, and then I'm going to move on from there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, and if you have your Bibles, we're going to read almost through the end of the chapter. We're going to read 24 verses. The chapter is 28 verses long. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you or for you. We do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. Can I get an amen from the women on how fast it hit you? And it says, and they will not escape. Women, there was no escape when that started, was there? 
It's like, it's happening. Husband says, wait up, wait up, hold up. Well, you going to finish the nursery. I got to go buy some baby bottles and some di-. No, no. He coming. She coming right now. Well, we're on the road. He coming. There's a reason why God puts it like this. But you brothers are, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep. There are others. Hear me today. There are people in church today right now that are spiritually asleep. But let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And, for, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled. Putting on faith and love as a breastplate. And the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. But to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10. He died for us so that, we, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another. Encourage. We're not here to scare one another. We're here to encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. I will give an amen to that one. Live in peace with each other, and we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Warn them. Encourage The timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We're reading the Bible today, folks. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Don't put it out. When the Spirit's moving, don't stop it. Do not, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every, avoid every kind of evil. Every kind of evil. If it smells evil, if it just vaguely looks evil, the Bible says to avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it. Tell your neighbor, he will do it. He will do it. I've got a video I want to play real quick. Two minutes, two minutes and five seconds. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good.
chapter 24, verse 42. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. I want you to know, church, that Jesus Christ could come this month. Or he might come next week. Or he could even come... There has to be a sense of urgency, and I don't do that to scare anyone. I will tell you at the end of this message, I want you to be encouraged, but I'm telling you what, when you watch something like that, and you know that that is literally going to happen, that is going to happen. There will be those that are left behind. It is a fact. It will happen. Start telling yourself right now, it's not going to be me. It will not be me. I vow to you, God, right now that I will turn away from sin. I will turn away from the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And I will give my heart to you, Lord, today and tomorrow and for the rest of my life because I do not want to be left behind. I promise you the things that we have seen that have been spaced out. 9-11, it was a horrible thing. It was horrible for a few days. War, rumors of war, floods, earthquakes, in in multiple places all over the earth thousands of people dying at one time and we look at it and we say man i really hate that form it's, it's tough I, i'm glad that i'm not over there and we don't realize that it is all around us and we are in a cocoon of safety we are in a cocoon of happiness and love and joy and grace and and god's just going to love us no matter what we do i'm telling you today church i have been stirred up in my heart and I'm telling you what, I am blown, absolutely blown away at the text that I got on the front row. Let me tell you how this sermon came to me. I didn't have anything to give. I, didn't, I, I never do. It's never for me. I will say this, God does give me thoughts during the week, and then he works on me and works on me. And I study scripture, and I put something together, and I feel like it's from God. I didn't have anything and I was extremely tired yesterday, and I laid down, and I said, Lord, I'm going to go to sleep. And Lord, while I'm asleep, I want you to speak to me in a vision or a dream. A dream, Lord, just give me something. If you'll give me the message, I, you lead me and guide me to the scriptures, and I know your word, and I will find it in here, and I will deliver the message. And I woke up absolutely knowing exactly what I dreamed. It was vivid. And I said, Lord, I've got to tell them about the coming. The coming, the rapture. We cannot continue to, to go service after service after service and not touch on the important things and remind you. Now listen, I don't want you to give your heart to God in fear. I want you to give to your heart to God in love. Yes, there's fearful things that are coming. There are dangerous things and scary things that are coming for this world. Everything that we've seen in the past several years all spaced out, it will begin to happen day after day after day. When God removes his spirit from this world and evil is given full reign and the devil is here to set up his kingdom on earth and God will allow that for a time. And when that happens, just get ready for all hell. 
I'm just telling you, church, we want to be ready. We want to be raptured out. And I'm going to talk about that here later on. But I want to read one more little bit of scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Like I said, not to scare you, to encourage you. Let me go back to what I said, this text that I received on the front row. No way in heaven that somebody could have known what my sermon is. I'll tell you, the only person who knew what this sermon was going to be about today was my wife. I took pictures of the papers. I was at work. I couldn't get home last night. I had to work away from the house, and I was gone. And I sent her the pictures. That's the only person on this earth besides God himself who knew what this message was about. I'm going to read you a text that I got. I haven't told anyone this. I'm, I'm reading now the text. I haven't told anyone this, but I feel very strongly to tell you this now. I had a dream about four nights ago. My wife and I were driving around in the car with the kids heading somewhere. Suddenly the sun began to darken. We got excited to see a lunar eclipse. Suddenly the sun was completely dark and a message appeared in the sky that said the end is near. I haven't said anything because I don't want anyone to think that I was being... Um, I'm just getting a little emotional now because I, I feel like God is speaking to us, okay? I don't want anyone to think I was being super spiritual, but just wanted you to know. What do you do with, I mean, I want to I begin to thank God right now that he's, that he, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are letting us know, you are telling us. It's in your word. We believe it. But when you make it so real to us and you wake us up and basically give us a spiritual slap in the face and every one of us need it at times where we say, I, I admit it, God, you got me. You got me right here, God. I, I'm, I'm in sin, God, and I know I'm in sin. I'm denying it to myself, but I have sin in my heart and I need to turn away from it and I need to give my heart to you. And God's saying today, every one of us here, Search your heart. Search yourself. The title of today's message is, This Isn't a Game. This Isn't a Game. While putting the sermon together, I begin to think about preppers. Okay? If you know anybody, listen, now you can't out them. They don't want anybody to know. But some people have talked about it here and there, and I, I know a few preppers. There are some in this church. I'll be honest I'll out myself, I prepare for, I would say, basically like storm stuff. I'm, I'm not really preparing for this long, long, drawn out. I'm going to be leaning on my Lord and Savior. I'm going to say, Lord, you're going to have to make a way. Lead me to the water. Lead me to the food. Lead me to whatever I need to sustain me. And if you decide to take me home, praise God, I get to go home a little faster. And I don't have to deal with this mess. I'll be happy with that. But I'll begin to think about preppers and because that's essentially what we're doing in a sense we are prepping for the big day the big day so I want to just show I pulled up a couple of pictures of some things this is a preppers 
probably their basement or their garage. And this is a well-organized bunch of food. These, these people are ready. Just leave it on the food for now. Go back to that other one. That was a little blurry, and I'm sorry about that. But this is a shelving system, and they, man, they, they study this stuff, and they rotate it, and they've got all these canned goods, things that last. I would imagine the stuff on the left, some of these things that are dehydrated, they, they can last upwards of 35 to 40 years, long, long time. And people even buy their own dehydrators, and they dehydrate the food and or freeze-dry it. They'll freeze-dry the food, and they can put up their own food like that, and they are ready. Like, y'all all may be hungry, but, but we're going to eat. We're going to eat. All right? Let me tell you, there's, there's other preppers. Not, not only do they stock up food, but they stock up some other things. they got a couple more pictures on things they stock up. So, uh, well, there's that. they got to have water. And I'm not sure what's in the jars. Maybe some medical supplies. You've got to have medical supplies. But go to the next two. So now, the, now i got the guy's attention here. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't even need food. Just give me some guns. I'll make my own food. Let's look at the other one. Oh, no, that's serious. That's serious. So these preppers, they are absolutely, they're ready for the end of the world. Yeah. You're going to store up a lot of food. Make sure that you don't forget to store up your, your, dry, your other dry goods like your, your, your TP. You know, make sure you store up plenty of toilet paper. If you're going to have lots of guns, be sure you store plenty of bullets. Doesn't have, it doesn't help to have 200 guns on the wall and no ammo. But let's go back to that picture. I mean, this prepper, I mean, we're looking at it. I mean, they feel like they're ready for anything and that's to put that picture up there with, with the guy and, the, and you got the girl there with him. I just was looking. At, I hope that I, I really scanned this pretty good. I was like, well, I hope there's not a skull or a demonic sign in here or anything like that. But I scanned it pretty good. But you got your generators, your radios, your medical guns, bats, just mask. Uh, of course, we already see they got food, water. They've got everything they need so they think. So they think they've got everything they need. It was like last Sunday. I can do everything in the world. I can worship. I can give an offering. I can praise. I can dance around. I can do everything in the world with these chains that was wrapped around my neck. I can do everything except be free. I can be ready for every apocalypse, everything. I can be ready for a, a nuclear uh, bomb to drop. And some of them are. They have their cellars and they have their buildings that are built underground and there's a certain amount of layers of dirt and rock and different layers and they've studied it and they know this is what I have to have to, to withstand a radioactive uh, situation where there's radiation out and I can, I can survive for this long. And when everybody else is dead and gone, I'm going to come out alive and well and we're going to make it telling you, you cannot attach yourself to this world. This world will let you down. There is only one thing that we need to be worried about, and that is living for our Lord and Savior with all of our heart. All of our heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. Now listen, I am not against prepping. I am not, this is not a sermon against preppers. Like I said, I've got big bags of beans, big bags of rice. The other day I bought and now I'll tell you why I bought it, because it was on sale. I go to the Walmart's clearance aisle. Anybody with me on that? Anybody go to that, that big yellow square? And I will buy stuff that I don't really need, but it's on sale. 
So I bought the other day, I, man, I was like, man, I've got these, these water filters. Man, they filter hundreds of, or thousands of gallons of water, and they're normally like $90. I can get them for 15 bucks. And I'm like, well, if it happens, I do have a creek on my place. I could go out there and filter up some water and have my family, my family could have some water. So I, I bought them. So I am doing this a little bit. Like I said, I'm not really thinking about I need to do this in case I miss that rapture. Heaven, no. No, no. I'm doing this in case there's a bad storm and I can't, my, the water pumps at the wells in Russ, Texas aren't pumping water to my house. I'm like, that's all right, I'll go down to the creek. <laughs> we don't even say that. I don't even know how that came out of my mouth. We go down to the creek. I'm not from Wisconsin and I don't go to the grocery store and buy me a pop and, and, and hang out at the creek. I want you, hey, today though, we need to think about. I laid down and specifically asked God to speak to me in a dream. And then I got a text from a person here that I'm telling you, there's no way on earth they knew and said, I'm just feeling very strongly that, and I saw this in a vivid dream that the end is near. Hey, let it be confirmed in the name of Jesus, the end is near. I'm just here to warn. I'm here to warn. Why do preppers prep? They do that because they see the signs. Let's go to uh, Matthew 24, verse 42. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. He would have. Didn't, doesn't say he did. He would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into so you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him so many people say I'm going to live for God when I start seeing these signs when these signs start kind of piling up a little closer together maybe when I see maybe the stock market's going to crash or maybe I see when they're going to take our money away in a one world government and all these things we've heard from Papa and Mama and all the other alls and whatever else I mean, we heard it from everybody and when I start seeing all that I'm going to really give my heart to the Lord in a new, in a new way in a, in a little bit more of a stronger in a little bit more of a, maybe a scared way because at that point, you are not reacting in love. You don't really love your Heavenly Father. You don't really love God in the sense you're what you are. And we be honest, you're scared. You waited and waited and waited. And now I'm scared. So now I've got to run to the altar. I've got to run to church. I've got to run to a preacher. I've got to run my, to my couch and kneel down or drop down on my face in the floor and say, Lord, help me, save me. It seems like it's happening right now. God, I don't even know. What am I going to do? We are called to have a good, loving, dynamic, powerful, full of power relationship with God. And it builds on love. A man and woman that are married together, they can have a loving marriage, but they can also have a marriage that's powerful. Like they have power within themselves because the Bible says that a man finds a wife and he finds a good thing, and the woman, the same way, we ain't going to leave you out, man, you you ladies, you found a good thing. Hey, we providing, we working, we do all kind of stuff. We kill the bugs, we smash the stuff, you know, we, we work. We, the men take care of some things that the women don't want to take care of. <laughs> That's funny. I'm not even going to bring that up. So there is, there is 
some power and there is some strength in the union of a marriage. There is influence in your community. When, they, when you walk into a baseball game or a football game or some kind of a get together in the community and they see that man and woman locked arm in arm and they've been married for 25 years they've been married for 30 years and they look at it and they go that's that's good I like that and maybe somebody asked how did y'all do it what are you doing I was God all glory to God he saved our marriage he put us back together whatever he did with you but there is some power and there is some influence and there are things that come with being married and it's a powerful marriage it's a loving marriage and I'm telling you the same thing comes when you live for God in a, in a different way where you're not living for God scared listen I grew up in a religion I grew up in a religion where I came to church and I wanted to run to the altar, give my heart to the Lord because of what I heard my grandfather say and my dad say and different ones in the church say. And they would speak on revelations and signs of the times. And, and man, back then, I mean, we thought the devil was coming because social security numbers and credit card numbers and stuff like that. We way, way, we way past that. I mean, we right there. I mean, we're talking about, I just take this little, I take my phone out. I don't do it because I don't know how. My wife does. Babe, you got that? Apple Pay? Yeah, I'll just, uh, just get it close. Just, oh, it just scanned it? Oh, it just took it out of my account? Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's scary. But why, why is it not scary to many people? Because we're getting used to it. Don't think that they're not trying to get you used to this to the way, like, you know what? This is such a problem with these phones, technology. We don't really understand how it's all going to work. Why don't we just put that in your wrist? It'd be a lot easier. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I, my papa told me about that. I read about That's in the Bible. We can't do that. Uh, what you going to do? Because we all doing it. Where are you going to buy groceries at? Because you can't buy here. You can't shop at Super One down in Jacksonville anymore because Super One don't take your form of payment anymore. He don't take cash. They don't take gold coins. They don't take silver. They don't take anything that you got. Oh, now we'll, we'll, we'll get real then. Because that's coming. I'm not going to get hung up on when exactly it's coming. This is what the message is today. Be ready. Be ready. So let me go back to this scripture, and, and we, let's go back. Uh, you'll have to go back and find it in the middle of the scripture, because I know we can't put up uh, all of the scripture on the board at the same time, but it's part where it says his house. His house. Let me touch on this quickly. 1 Corinthians 6, so we, we see that, his house. The owner of the house, his house. Now let's jump to 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, because I want to touch on this part where it says his house. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to tell you today, church, watch your house. Watch your temple. You need to watch your temple. You need to watch your house. You need to guard it with utmost diligence. And you don't need to open up any door to the devil. Any door. Did we read earlier where it says we need to avoid and get away from any type, any even the sense of evil. If it even just remotely resembles evil, we get away from it. Oh, but I just like to get scared on Halloween. Man, I just love to go down there and watch those exorcist movies. I'm not going to call any names, but there was a young lady years ago, and she was so innocent. And when she hears this, she's going to be like, oh, my goodness, I forgot about that. And don't, don't raise your hand and say it was me. It's okay. But there is some, there's some ways that the devil operates in the Christian world and he operates out of ignorance because we're not getting into our Bible we're not reading our word and we're not aware that the devil is absolutely alive today he's working he's working harder than ever 
because he knows his time is short. So years ago, several years ago, there was a movie that came out, and I ran into this young lady. She's completely innocent. Her parents are innocent. It's just we're just going to go to the theater and just go get scared. This is how innocent she was. She said, oh, we're going to the movie theater. Not are y'all going to go watch? We're going to go watch The Conjuring. We're going to go watch The Conjuring. And I was like, man, what The Conjuring? Is that a, was it like a lawyer movie? Is The Jury, The Jury, Conjuring. Oh, oh, oh The Conjuring. Oh, you're going to go watch The Conjuring. It's, that's how innocent she was. She didn't even know what it was. What is conjuring? What is the conjuring? I don't even know. We're just going to go get scared. But what that is, is we're opening ourselves to doors. We're opening up, cracking the window, propping the door open. I don't open my door up fully, preacher. I'm blocking it really good. You know, we're pretty good around here. But yeah, we like to raise the windows and get the screen up a little bit. And we get a little airflow through here every once in a while. We like to play around. You know, we, we party every once in a while. We have a good time here, now and then. We live for God here and there. We sin here and there. We do a little bit here and there and there and here and there. And we, you know, we, my, my house ain't so locked up. You know, I ain't going to be all uptight. I don't want to be no spiritual prude. I don't want to be just uptight. You know, I like to live a little. Have fun every once in a while. But the Bible just told us we need to avoid anything that resembles, that if it just even resembles evil. So I've got to get, make sure that I don't have anything in my heart, in my life, in my home, in my spirit that even resembles evil at all. Why do I need to do this? Because it isn't a game. It's not a game. Like I told you, God strongly impressed on me yesterday to share this all with you because His coming is very soon and I feel like I'm called to warn. Called to warn. Revelations 22 and 10. Do not... So this is at the end of the Bible... This is at the end of Revelation, which John wrote, and this is at the end of his book that he wrote through a vision that God gave him. And he says, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book. Verse 18, 22, 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. And he goes on to say, don't add, don't take away, don't close it up, don't lock it up. Open it up like we're doing today and tell people that above all things you need to be ready. You have got to be ready. A true prepper doesn't go to the grocery store and the gun store one time for one big purchase and they go in there and they just walk in there and they say, all right, I got a list. This is what I'm going to need for the next five years that we're going to be just under extreme crazy circumstances. And I got a long list here. All right, babe, I need you to go down there and get some of that. Kids? No, a prepper... A true prepper, they, they build a supply, okay? They don't go to the gun store and buy just everything they need in one purchase or the, or the grocery store and buy everything in one big purchase. Likewise, I'm going to compare this to our Christian walk. We should not come to church here and there. We should not crack open our Bible, have a little, have a little Jesus moment, just here and there. First thing, get up in the morning, straight to work, right on the phone, immediately on Facebook, scrolling, Facebook, fake book, fake book, fake book. Who cares what everybody else is saying? Some of you need to get off of Facebook completely because the moment you get onto it, you are immediately mad at the world. Oh, I cannot believe. I can't believe. Well, guess what? 
I woke up the other morning, I didn't know anything until it was brought to my attention from somebody else in a screenshot, in a face, whatever. They got to get it to me a different way because I ain't going to wake up and read that junk and look at it and go, oh, okay, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Be very, very careful. Now listen, we use Facebook in a positive way. I can't completely shut, here's my... What I love is how we can take the devil's tool that was meant for evil and we can use it for good. So, let me just go ahead and just back up a little bit and let's just smooth things over real smooth here. Don't use it for the wrong reason. Simple. It's pretty simple. Don't get caught up in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get caught up in the backbiting and the stabbing. Just take the high road. If you take the high road every day, all day, just take the high road. Love you, brother. Love you, sister. God is love. I love everybody. I love you. Send a scripture. Don't send a scripture like, I'll God in scripture. Send some love. Let people know that God is love. <clears throat> so let me just talk about how these preppers, they don't go into one big purchase. They build their supply. They rotate their supply, keeping it fresh. They work. They manage their supply. They operate their weapons. They know their weapons. These are things that they do. These are things that preppers do with their supplies and what they're doing. So they build their supply daily, weekly, monthly. They get into their word. A Christian gets into their word and they build that supply. They're building daily, building daily. They rotate. They keep it fresh. They work. They manage that supply. And, I, and I'm paying attention to what I'm doing with my spiritual man, my spiritual storehouse. What am I storing up in my spiritual storehouse? What am I putting into this soul of mine? What am I putting into my spirit? Am I managing it right? Am I rotating things right? Am I doing just like the prepper and I'm getting ready for his great coming? And when that coming happens, I'm ready to go. Let me tell you what preppers are for sure, for sure, for sure going to make sure they watch out for. They watch out for rats and rodents and for infestation. All right? Preppers, they have to be sure. It's great to have a hundred years worth of rice. But it ain't going to help me one bit if it's full of moths and weevils and gnats and ants and roaches. And you're like, oh, a little extra protein in the rice. Thanks, Daddy. Ugh. I could have lots of stuff stored up. But if I don't watch for infestation, every bit of that can be ruined. Don't watch the storehouse, expect infestation. Don't watch God's house and His temple, expect infestation, which will lead to manifestation. Whoa. Yes, I'm telling you right now, if you are not watching God's temple, His house, if you're not watching it, just get ready for there to be an infestation. And when there's infested, when things, when the door's cracked open and we let things in and we play with the devil and we play with sin and we just patty cake and we playing. We, we, we the biggest player in the world. We got everybody else in the world fooled. Yeah, I went to church. 
So what if I did this during the week? My wife don't know about it. My family's strong because I can, I can hide that stuff. And yeah, my kids don't know about it. We got a strong family. Why do we got a strong family? Because I'm a good liar. Why, my, I'm a good, my husband don't know. My, I keep everything from my husband. It's all hidden. And we, I got this. Every, I'm managing this over here, and I'm managing this over here. And guess what? You've got infestation. And its manifestation is showing itself. It's manifesting in the form of a demon. It's manifesting in a demon of lust, in a demon of addiction. And you got company. And you don't even realize it. You see, the prepper can have all of this storehouse of food and it looks great on the outside until they start digging around and they're like, oh, roaches. What, what's these little black dots everywhere? It's mouse droppings. Yeah. No, no, we're we not eating that. I, I mean, I like ramen noodle, but I ain't about to eat ramen noodle with little old chocolate chip flakes in there everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you ain't gonna fool me, Daddy. Hey, kids, y'all need to eat that. That's protein. That's protein. It's strong. That's ch chocolate. Chocolate. Yes, I don't like that kind of chocolate. There was an infestation, but it looked good on the outside. It looked good on the outside. Telling you today, God is speaking to us today. He's speaking to me, He's speaking to all of us that we absolutely cannot have anything on the outside that looks so perfect and so rotten and infestation and manifestation on the inside of us. We have got to be free of chains. We have got to be free of bondage and addictions and hurts and habits and hang-ups. If you're not free, it's not because God's not reaching out to you today, last Sunday, during the week. Through somebody calling you and texting you and you don't even know why people are coming to you. And they're like, listen, God's moving in your life. Maybe you said a prayer a long time ago and said, God, whatever you got to do, just help me, Lord, just help me. And you forgot about a prayer that you prayed a long time ago. And God says, I didn't forget about you. I will never forget about you. I love you. And so now, due to your prayer, due to your faith, I'm going to do some things to wake you up. I'm going to cause you to have a disease. I'm going to cause you to have a sickness. I'm going to have, cause you to have a head-on collision. I'm going to do something that's going to shake you. And we had a sermon about that. It, we've all had it happen to us. Shaking. Shaking. God, shake me. He shook me. He woke me up. For a second he did. But did you stay stirred up? Oh, he shook me. I'm shaking, but I'm not stirred. God, shake us. And then let us see it for what it is and then stir us up and keep me stirred up and keep me stirred up and help me to be looking at my storehouse and looking into my storehouse and seeing if there's infestation and if there's something in there, let me throw it out. Let me get that bad stuff out. Now Now that I got that bad stuff out, what do I got to do? Because I am a prepper and I'm going to prepare. I'm going back to the world now. Don't get hung up on this. I'm going to go back in here and I'm going to replenish that supply. I need more rice. I need more beans. I got to have that. I got to have so many years and days and months of stuff worth of this. That's for the physical man. So when you are depleted, when you lose stuff, when you have had an infestation, and you're like, man, this stuff is just manifested in my life. I don't know what, it's sin. I got to get it out. And God says, I'm so glad you said you want it out because I'm ready to come in here and get this old broom and I'm going to start sweeping this sin out. I'm going to get it out. Yes. We're getting it out of here. And that's why the Bible specifically tells us that when we get our hearts clean and we get things out, we have got to immediately fill it back up with God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in fire. We have got to fill it with the Word of God and, 
everything that comes along with this. Because if we don't, the Bible says that the enemy will come back seven times stronger. It gets harder and harder and harder to turn away from sin. When you kick sin out, you let sin have a free reign back in. You kick sin out, sin come right back on in. Kick sin out one time in your life. Try it once. Just try it one time. I just beg you. Just try it one time. Try it. Kick it out. Fill it back up with God. Fill it back up with God. Get, him, get your soul and your spirit cleansed in the name of Jesus through true repentance, turning away, and then immediately the next few minutes and days and weeks, months and years, you fill it with the power of God. Be ready all day, every day, not just Sunday. All day, every day, not just Sunday. Why? Because this isn't a game. Yes, there's a lot of things that happen in the end times. The rapture of the church, the devil having free reign for a time, the Antichrist, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven vials. That's 21 uh, supernatural acts of judgment. One of those being the third of the angels are going to be released to come down to earth. I'm sorry, excuse me. Angels will be released to come down to earth and they will kill a third of earth's population. Sounds like a great time, right? No. These are just some of the things that are coming. Now, let me, let me just touch on this. Over the years, there's been much debate. Yes, debate. Arguing in the church. Arguing against my brother. Arguing against my sister over pre-tribulation. Mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, and we get hung up on the who, what, when, where, why, and how. But, but I'm just going to tell you today, let me just get you focused on it will. It, it will. Who, what, where, when, why, how. All those W's. Let me throw in the, the, the one that matters. It will. It will happen. So don't get into a confrontation with your brother on the sidewalk. Don't get into a confrontation here in the church house. I'm like, well, I'm a, the Bible's both sides, all sides, great arguments. Great. If I talk to you long enough, I'm probably going to believe it your way. If I talk to you long enough, I'm, I'm probably going to lean that way. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to start. I'm like, ah, ah, can I just be ready? Well, yeah, because this guy, he's, he's, he's this type of tribulation, this type of tribulation, both of them say, well, you need to be ready. Okay, well, that's common ground. <laughs> I'm going to get y'all's common ground. Y'all can fight amongst y'all selves. I'm going to be ready. <laughs> Don't get hung up on everything. That is a trick of the devil. If he can get us fighting and arguing and bickering amongst ourselves, and he gets our focus off of the real thing is, it's going to happen. It will happen. And when it does, will you be ready? Utmost importance, be in tune to and follow God's voice and His Word exactly. Exactly. Now you remember me earlier, it says that we need to test everything. Try everything. If, if somebody's saying, God told me that you need to do this. Alright. Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you seeking the face of God? Because I am, and God didn't say anything like that to me. So we try the spirits, we test the spirits, we test prophecies. We Listen, 
it needs to completely line up right here. Is what you told me, is it going to cause there to be growth in my family? Is what you told me, is it going to cause there to be love in my family? Is what you told me to do, is it going to bring me closer to God? Or is it going to separate my family? Is it going to cause strife and division? Because I read in my Bible that strife and division is not something that we are supposed to be causing. We need to follow God's word and his voice exactly to the T. Case in point, Moses. Let me go back to the scriptures. Exodus chapter 15. Y'all quit reading. I'm not there yet. I know y'all are already reading it. Exodus 15 verses 22. Oh, thank you. Just, just, yeah, take it off of there. Verses 22 through 26. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Merah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the, so the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the, the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. A miracle. There the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there he tested them. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now let's go to Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. Again, they need water. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Familiar story. Again, they start arguing and, and bickering with each other, quarreling. Give us water to drink, Moses. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with, quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty. For water there and they grumbled against Moses they said why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst then Moses cried out to the Lord what am I to do with these people they are almost ready to stone me the Lord answered Moses walk on ahead of the people take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb he tells him specifically exactly what to do strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink so Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called the place Massa and Mer Mer Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying is the Lord among us or not man these people are so brazen and bold after seeing what they saw, and you want to say stuff like that, man, I'm going to just say this, verging on idiots. <laughs> I mean, you show me something like that, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm a lifer, baby. You're not going to have to prove yourself, God, over and over and over. But that's what, has to, that's what happens. Sometimes he has to prove himself to us over and over and over and wake us up and shake us and shake us. He's like, I wish you'd been stirred that first time, but since you're not stirred, shake you, you're not stirred, shake you, you're not stirred, shake you, 
shake you, and then it might go into something else. It starts being this, break you, break you. Everything's good. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. We want to confuse doing good in the world with blessed. How are things going? I'm blessed. Why are you blessed? I'm making lots of money. Everything's good. I'm healthy. Everything's great. I'm blessed. Are you though? Do you live for God? Would, would your friends and family around you say, man, he's, he's on fire for God. He lives for God. She lives for God every day of their life. It's unbelievable. I've seen amazing change in their life. No. But we're blessed. And we want to say we're blessed because we're just doing good in our sin and in the world. Have you ever thought about this? What about the man who's a millionaire and he says, I'm blessed? God never wanted him to be a millionaire. He wanted him to be a multi-millionaire. God wanted him to make $30 million a year, but he settled for a million dollars a year. And he said, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because everyone around me is in the 100K or less bracket. Most of the people I trample on and walk on and, 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 and hire, they're in the 40K or less bracket. I'm a king around them. I make a million dollars a year or $3 million a year, whatever it is. And God wanted to come to him and say, I had dreams and hopes of you making Thirty or a hundred million dollars a year and blessing the kingdom of God and doing great things for my kingdom but I couldn't trust you with the million so I cut it off so don't get hung up and say I'm blessed I'm blessed unless you are absolutely doing everything that you know to do for God he may have more for you than you even realize so Moses a man used to of God to work miraculous signs, miracles, and wonders, whose prayers God heard. Praise team, y'all come on up. Whose prayers God heard. He was a man when he spoke to the Red Sea and he listened to the voice of God and he struck the ground and the water, the waters parted. They were led around by miraculous signs and wonders. He was able to strike that rock with his, with his staff because God told him to. He said, go out there Hit that rock, and when you do, water will flow. As close as he was to God, watch what happens. Turn in your Bibles now to Numbers chapter 20. This is why we have to listen to the voice of God. When somebody gives you a warning, listen to it. When God speaks to you in a message or a sermon, and he speaks to your heart, and, he's, and you're feeling real strong, I need to get baptized. I've been waiting. I've been on the fence on giving my heart to God. I have not given my heart to God. I'm living in sin. I need to repent. I need to turn away from sin that is hidden, and nobody knows about it. Why? Because I'm a great liar. And everybody feels like I'm good when I'm really not. I'm rotten. I've got infestation in my spirit, in my soul, but it looks great on the outside. But there's infestation and I need forgiveness. I need to turn back to God. I need to have a moment. I need to lay my pride down. I need to have a tearful moment of forgiveness and saying, God, please accept me back. Lord, I am so sorry. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. Numbers 20, verses 1 through 3. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, not like the past one where they were at where it was S-I-N. This is Z-I-N. And they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water, here we go again, for the community. And the people gathered in opposition to Moses. They want, you don't give us water, we're going to kill you. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. They would rather have death than to be without this water. They were so thirsty. Pick up in verse 6, we'll read through 12. Moses and Aaron went 
from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, so here's the thing. They, were, they fell face down. They were in the presence of God Almighty. They, they were, fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared before them. You can be in a service. You can be in a setting. You can be in an area where God is powerful. He's moving. And the glory of the Lord is manifest and made known to everyone around you. But you don't get it. The Lord said to Moses, take this staff and you and your brother Aaron gather and assemble the assembly together. So this is one of the points I want to make here. You can be in the glory of the Lord and there's things that God wants to say to you, to speak to your spirit, to speak to your heart, to move on you in a mighty way to say, you need to be baptized. You know what you're feeling? You know that lump in your throat that you're feeling right now? Grown man, that's conviction. And you need to quit being so prideful. You need to humble yourself and cry at an altar and say, God, forgive me of my rotten self. He's trying to speak. And he spoke to them. But for some reason, they didn't get it. Because he told them this. He said, speak to that rock before their eyes. Very plain, very clear. And it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. Just told him. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence. Just as he had commanded him. And he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. He wants to call them rebels now. When he's fixing to dis- go uh, against God's command. Listen, you rebels. Must, must we bring you water out of this rock? Act like an, acting like it, no glory to God. Like, we we got to do this for y'all again? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the, community, and the community and their livestock drank. Sometimes you can be doing something, and you feel like you're totally in the will of God. You can feel like you're doing things perfectly right, and you just put yourself under a curse. You just put yourself in a position where you are not in a position of being blessed and being a, in a posture of being blessed. But everybody around you is blessed and saved and they're doing good. He struck that rock. Water came out of the rock. God saved the people. But in the same exact time, Moses cursed himself. Go on and read in verse 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy. Why would, how would they honor him? Honor him by don't use your stick. You speak to it. He said specifically speak to it. Honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. You will not bring this community into the land I give them. Here's what Moses did. He went back to, to his same old ways. He went back to what worked for him before. How did we get water out of this rock before? I went over there with that staff and I just slapped that rock. And miraculously, God just made water come out of it and saved us. Moses, same scenario, same situation. I want you to go to that rock. I want you to speak to it. 
Why do you want to tell me how to live my life, God? Why do you want to tell me what to do? Why do you want to tell me? Why are you trying to speak through a preacher right now that's telling me I need to repent and be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? Why are you telling me that I need to do these things? Why, is, why should I listen to him? And he's saying, I've got it in my word. It's exact. It's perfectly ordered by me. And I put it in my word for you to hear and listen to today. It's ordained by God. Why, why do you... Quit asking. Quit questioning God. If he would have just spoke to the rock exactly like he was supposed to do, as God commanded him to do, he could have been blessed and walking in a promised land. There was new instructions with this different scenario. New territory. And Moses missed them both. It really makes the next bit of scripture, honestly, pretty sad to read. I'll be honest with you. It's pretty sad to read this when you know of what, the, what could have happened. And I'm going to tell you what. I know I've said it before, but, the, but God wants to rewrite the ending to your story. You're here today. Many of you have been hurt in so many ways. I don't want to even call them out. But you have hurt and you have pain in your life. It is not your fault. Some of the stuff that you're going through, some of the stuff that you dwell on, some of the stuff that you think about, you dwell on day after day and night after night. You're hurt. You've been damaged. You're broken. God wants to raise you up. Let us all stand right now. God wants to raise you up. He wants to take you to a new level, to a higher level. He wants to do something new in you. He wants to give you new territory. But with that new territory, there comes some specific new direction you cannot do what you've been doing day after day after day night after night year after year and expect any kind of a different result I want you to look at Moses and I want you to hear the pain and anguish in these words as Moses is given an account in Deuteronomy chapter 3 verses 23 through 28 and he says to the children of Israel he said at that time he's, he's telling them the story of how he messed up and he didn't follow the voice of God at that time, I pleaded with the Lord. I actually pleaded with the Lord. And I pleaded with Him because I know at one time He heard my prayer. I'm off the Scriptures. He knows that God heard His prayer. He heard His prayer. And I know that God hears me when I pray to Him. And He knew my voice and I knew His voice. And I want to go back to that. He said, I pleaded with the Lord. O sovereign Lord, You have begun to show to Your servant Your greatness. And your strong hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do. Let me go over and see the good land, please God. Beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country in Lebanon. So he says to him, but because of you the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. This is what God said to him. He said, that is enough. The Lord said, do not speak to me anymore about this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north and south and east. Look at the land with your own eyes since you are not going to cross this Jordan. It ain't happening. But commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will only see. You don't get to walk it. 
It's sad. You don't get to walk it. You only get to get up on a high hill on a mountaintop and you just get to look at what you could have been. Today, I want you to see in your mind's eye right now, I want you to begin to see that marriage being strong. I want you to begin to see yourself being delivered from sin. I want you to see yourself being delivered from addiction right now. I want you to start seeing it. I want you to close your eyes right now. Everybody, let's close our eyes. And I want you to start seeing in your mind's eye exactly, exactly where God wants you to be. See yourself in that way where God wants you to be. And right now, He's saying, I'm calling you today. I am calling you today to be here with me. Let me rewrite your story. Let me change the outcome. Let me do something. Let me cause you to be shaken. Let me cause you to be stirred up today so that you will not be what the devil planned for you to be. But you will be powerful, mighty, a conqueror and more than a conqueror in Jesus mighty name everybody say amen let's give him praise we are talking about almighty God the one the one who spoke the heavens and the earth into existence that's who we're speaking of today it is not a game it is not a game. We are not playing a game. This is for real, church members. It is for real. So today, every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying over everyone right now. Lord, I pray that you would stir hearts. Stir their hearts right now, God. Let conviction fall in this place. Lord, let your Shekinah glory begin to fall in this place. Mighty God of heaven above. I need you, Lord, right now to move in this place in a mighty way, in a powerful way, and stir hearts, awaken hearts in the name of Jesus. Lord, we do not want to be lost. We want to be saved. Lord, we need you to rewrite our story. Give us a new ending, Lord, and change where we're at right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would awaken those that are asleep. Lord, let us not slumber, but Lord, let us be wide awake, ready to work. Moving forward in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Everyone, you can look. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not saying heads bowed and eyes closed. And if you felt it, raise your hand. Because honestly, everybody in here, we know right now where we need to be right now. These altars are open. And we ain't counting to three like it's some kind of, it ain't no game. And if we ever do that again, we're not trying to make it a game. We're not trying to play mind games with anybody. I'm telling you right now, the Spirit of God is moving. He spoke to me in a dream. He spoke to somebody else in a dream. And He said, my coming is soon. My coming is near. And if you've got sin in your heart, if you've got anything in your heart that you need to get rid of, you need to be at this altar. You need to make a new commitment to God. And you need to raise your hands and you just say, God, purify me. Make me clean. Make me new, God. I've got to have more of you in a mighty, mighty way. In a mighty way. In a mighty way. In the name of Jesus, move, God. Stir us, God. Stir us, God. Your coming is soon. Your coming is soon. Your coming is soon. He's coming back. Reach out to Him today. Reach out to Him where you're standing. Where you're standing, reach out to Him. Lift your hands to Him today. Say, Father, I need you, Jesus. Change me, God.
Change me, God. I want to taste and see. Change me, God. Pour it on me, Lord. Mother's 